Hey, this is Pastor Chris Garcia from Numa Church, and we're so glad that you tuned into our podcast today. I pray that as you listen to today's message, God will speak to your heart in a powerful way. So as I just said in this prayer, we're closing out this series uh, called I Am. We have been learning about who God says that we are, and that's why we sang uh, this song this morning. We are, you are, I am who he says uh, that I am. And your true identity, okay, is who God says that you are. It's very important for you to understand this morning as we come to the close of this, that you're not who your friends say that you are. Okay, you're not who your neighbor says that you are. You're not who your boss says that you are. You're not who the media says that you are. You're not what the government says that you are and all the different genders that now they are offering for you to choose. As I was hearing the news not too long ago, they're saying that now the, 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 the birth certificates, they're not gonna, they're not gonna fill if you're male or female. They're gonna leave it open so that you decide later on what you wanna put there. All right? That's all the stuff that is being trying to stuff our face, our ears, so that we hear this constantly, so that we lose track of who we're supposed to be and what we're supposed to do. So as we come to the close of this series, I want you to understand something. You are who God says that you are. You are who God says that you are. Now, you might see me here talking and speaking and, you know, coming up here every Sunday and all that. But it took me a long time to figure that out. It took me a while to figure out that I was who God says that I was because You see, when you deal with different things in this world and wounds in your soul, all those things try to dictate that you're not enough, that you're broken, that you're not loved. And if you had a missing parent, if you had, you know, maybe your father wasn't there, situations happened in your life that affected you, it's going to be that much harder. But I pray a spirit of revelation upon your life today. I ask the spirit of revelation that your eyes will be open and the scales will fall off and you will see the glorious truth of who God says that you are. You see, kids, you love kids and they come up here and they're all cute and everything. But let me tell you, when kids get around seven or eight year old, they could be mean. Boy, those kids could be mean. You know, especially if you're new, like in a school or something. And I remember that I changed from second grade to third grade from school. And in that second grade school that I was in, I knew the people. I felt comfortable. I was, but all of a sudden that school closed. I had to get, go to a new school for third grade. And if you ask me, Chris, what was your worst grade in school? It was third grade. It was third grade. I almost failed all my classes, but it wasn't that I was smart. I wasn't smart. It was that, that change because of the situation and trying to meet new people and what they were saying was impacting me so much. And it took me a while, it took me, okay, to encounter God later on in my early 20s to overcome all those lies that I had believed in here. Because they are lies. The enemy will tell you these lies. And I've spoken about these things here freely. And you guys know some of the stuff that I've gone through. You know, but I hated my smile. Why am I always smiling? The kids would tell me, are you dumb? Why do you have a smile on your face? And I used to hate my smile. And now today people are like, oh, pastor, I love the smile that you have. It wasn't like that back then. I used to sit in front of the mirror and punch myself in the face and say, I'm going to wipe this stupid smile off my face because I hate it. Because it would make me stand out and look ridiculous. And then my hair. You know, today I see my son. 
And I see the generation and their hairs like all over the place. Bro, I would have been a stud in these times, man. Because my hair would have, my hair was like that. But back in the 80s, back in the 80s, you didn't use your hair like that. Back in the 80s, it was like Don Johnson, Miami Vice. You have to have the spikes and all this different look. And it never worked for me. Never worked. Never worked. Bro, I would put, bro, I would put stuff to try to put it up. And all of a sudden, the curls would just take over, you know. Like, what in the world? And when I got old enough, man, ninth grade, 10th grade, I just shaved my head like I have it now. You guys look at me now with this haircut. That, by the way, I'm going to start growing it again. My kids are like, Daddy, I'm, we're tired of seeing you like this. I'm like, well, this is how I was all my high school years. So I'm like feeling normal, you know. But I hated my hair. Why? Because since it was different, kids would signal me out for it. And they would get the sharpener, you know, they would sharpen their pencils and put all the sharpener stuff in my hair. I imagine if I would do to a kid that today, you know what I'm saying? Oh, man, it would be a big deal. But back then, man, I had sharpener stuff in my hair. I had eraser stuff in my hair. And all of a sudden, I'd be home, I'd be showering, and all that stuff be coming down. And I was like, bro, I hate this hair. And what started to happen is that my identity started to take hits one after another after another. And what it would do.
to do what? To, to do what? To make a difference wherever he goes. You and I need to understand what our true spiritual identity is. Okay, not only our human identity, who we are here, no, your spiritual identity. You need to understand that you are an influencer. Can you say that with me? I am an influencer. Okay, you're called to make an influence here on this world. That's the difference between a thermometer and a thermostat. I love the thermostats. The thermometer, what it tells you is the temperature. The thermostat, it adjusts the temperature. You're called to adjust the temperature wherever you go. I love the thermostat. I'm usually visiting the thermostat in my house. I like it between 70 and 72 degrees. I like it nice. Nice. I have some family members here. (laughs) That sometimes I go to the house and nice is 77. I'm like, bro... What do you mean that's nice? So I go and I sneak upstairs. And I go to the thermostat. I'm like, bringing that thing down. And all of a sudden, I'm like, man, it's getting chilly in here. Like, no, it's getting good. It's getting good. God has called you and me to influence the atmosphere around us. To make it get good. To make it good. Now, today's scripture... I want to read it to you from the book of Isaiah, chapter 60, verse 1 through 3. And I'm going to jump into something that I was sharing in our graduation last week here at church. And hopefully in the time that I have, I could uh, just use this a little bit here. Isaiah 60, verse 1 through 3, it says, Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the people, but the Lord rises upon you, and His glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Okay? As I was praying, getting ready for this message this week, I want to tell you what were the words I was hearing in the Spirit for you, for me. You know what it was? Arise. I just kept hearing that. Arise. Arise. What does arise mean? That you're sitting down. That you're in a position of comfort. That you're in a position that is down. And God is saying, come up. Rise up. Stand up. Don't stay there where you're at. God is saying, I got something for you. He's telling you, arise, arise, arise. You see, the context of the scripture in Isaiah 60 is revealed later on by Jesus in Matthew chapter 5. And the context of this is found in Matthew 5, 13. And I'm just going to share this real quick. It says, you are the salt of the earth. But what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? You can make it, can you make it salty again? No, it will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as, as worth, worthless. So you see, salt is used to do what? Why does Jesus say we're the salt of the world? Salt is used to preserve me. But that's not the immediate truth of what Jesus is trying to show us here. 
The immediate truth, listen to this, is that salt is used to add flavor. How many of you guys like un buen churrasco, a churrasquito, some carne? How many of you guys like steak? Raise your hand. What happens when you get some good salt and you throw it on that churrasco? What happens to that meat? Oh, it just gets this extra flavor. I'm, I'm thinking barbecue right now, all right? Bro, even my stomach is growling right now. But anyways, calm down. Have self-dominion. All right. When you get salt, listen to this. You know what salt does? It influences, listen to this, and changes the flavor of that that you're about to eat. Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. You know what you and I are supposed to do? We're supposed to influence the situation, the society, the city that we're in. And we're supposed to, listen to this, we're supposed to add flavor and change the flavor that there's around. How does that happen? Through influence. How does that happen? Well, one thing about salt you don't get the whole salt bottle and you put it just on one corner. You know what you do? You spread it out. What good is the salt if it's just on one corner of the meat? What's going to happen with the rest of the meat? It's going to be no good. But when you spread it out, what happens? Oh, all of a sudden, it adds this great flavor. You and I, listen to it, are called to influence our surroundings, but not altogether bunched up in one place. We're supposed to do what? We're supposed to spread out. Numa Church, how good it is for us to come worship God here on Sunday morning, declare His glory, but we're not supposed to huddle up here every day and say, oh, this is so good. This is so nice. I just want to be here all the time. This is warm and fuzzy and great. No, 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 no. You know what? Monday through Saturday, you know where God wants you? He wants you out there. He wants you out there, what? Spread out adding flavor and changing the flavor of our city, of our community, of our town, of our nation, of our family. You are the salt of the earth. You are the salt of the earth. And I love this because as we do what we need to do, listen to this, we add the flavor and we drive out all those existing flavors that might be there. Listen to what I'm going to say, please. Salt is not concerned with getting the flavor of whatever it is that is added to. Salt knows that it's going to change the flavor of whatever it is that is going to be added to. I want to prove this to you biblically. Okay, In the Old Testament, there was a leprous person coming. You couldn't get close to the leopard because he was unclean. Get away because he could contaminate you. In the New Testament, the leopard is coming. Oh, I touch him and I declare healing in Jesus' name because what I have influences him and not what he has influences me. You guys understand how this works? You don't run away from the problem. You run to the problem. And the problem that we're having in society and community today is that church has been running away from the problem. And not making a difference around? 
And the church just wants to be playing games and don't offend me and don't do this. And if it feels right, then I'll go and and I'll participate if it falls during the schedule that I have. Let me tell you something. In the Bible, I don't see God saying, Paul, Paul, what's your schedule? It's 9 to 5. Okay, I'm going to use you 9 to 5. No, Paul would stay up at night, wake up the next day, get on a boat. The boat, you know, it, 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 you know, it just, they start dying, they start sinking. And all of a sudden... God uses this guy to influence so much of the world and what we believe today as Christians. 2,000 years ago, this guy lived. God's not here to accommodate himself to your schedule. God's not here to accommodate himself to what you tell him you want to do. Who's king? Who's God? Who saved you? Who reached out to you? Who gave you purpose? Oh, this is not good to preach on Sundays, Pastor. Look. A lot of people came to the English service today. They're going to leave next week. Well, I got to tell you the truth. And the truth will set you free. Not only are you the salt of the earth, but Jesus said that you are what? You're the light. You're the light of the world. Matthew 5, 14 through 16, you are the light of the world. A city on a hilltop cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your Father in heaven. All right, so as we hear this, all right, light, what does light do? Light exposes the darkness. But that's not the primary truth what Jesus is teaching here. The primary truth, and I said this in the graduation, I want to say it again, and that's what we're living, is that there's darkness all around. Everything is in great darkness. And let me tell you something, guys. This is sad what I'm going to say. Siri's trying to talk back to me. It just said one moment. <laughs> Still on it. Still on it. This is the difference of preaching with an iPad and preaching with notes. Your notes never talk back to you, but now the iPad wants to get involved in the preaching. <laughs> stay calm, stay calm. This is what it's teaching. That is darkness everywhere. And guys, the sad thing is, it's getting darker by week. Every week is getting darker. Who, okay, in their right mind would go to a school and shoot third and fourth and fifth graders? Who would do that? And then there was a shooting the week before in California in an Asian church. And a week before that, there was a shooting in a supermarket in New York. Let me tell you something. Uh, It's hard what I'm going to say, but it's going to get more and more difficult and dark the times that we're living. And if you don't understand what your position is as church, you know what you want to do? What somebody told me the other day, the day after the shooting, the day after the shooting, that person said, I'm not sending my kid for the rest of the school year to school. Because I don't know what's going to happen in these next few days. You know, it just... Other people get activated to do crazy stuff. And I'm like, bro, if that's how you're going to live, then you're going to have to find a cave 
somewhere in Montana or something like that where there's nothing going around. They just hide in that cave and just wait for Jesus to get back. Because you know what happens, guys? Look at me real quick. When you take on that mentality, the church becomes inactive. And we become, listen to this, for a waiting church instead of an influencing church. What do you mean a waiting church? We become a church that is waiting for Jesus to come back to get me out of this mess. Jesus, come back. I need to get out of this mess. Jesus, when are you going to get back? Hey, I want Jesus to get back today. Maybe after the game, but I want Jesus to get back today. (laughs) Now, if the Celtics win, I'm like, Jesus, come now, you know. (laughs) Hoy le vamos a hacer un favor a los Lakers. The Lakers hate the Celtics. You're going for the heat, right, Jimmy? I bet you are, man. Don't worry. The Lakers just got a great coach. I don't know who he is, but anyway. <laughs> listen, listen, when you don't understand, okay, worship team, you guys could come up. When you don't understand that you're not called to hide, but you're called to be the light, okay, you're never going to influence as a church the way that you're supposed to. Pastor Max, you got your phone? Yeah, can you let me your phone? Make sure that you unlock it. Listen to this. You're supposed to be, I always come up with my phone and today I didn't bring. So you're supposed to be the city on a hill. Okay, let's do this. This is not something that I worked on. Production team, can you shut off the lights real quick? I know that it's going to be bad for the cameras. You guys at home, just hold on a second. I'm sorry, Rene. Okay, we could do it like this. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. You don't take a light and you put it under a lampstand. What do you do with the light? You put it on top. So this is what the Lord wants to show us. That as things get dark, all of a sudden the light is here. I love these phones because they have a flashlight. All right? There you go. But what happens if I keep it down here? Does it light up anything? No, just a little circle here. But what happens as I start to raise up the light? What does it start to do? A wider radius is under what? Under the influence of this light. Jesus says, you are a city on a hill. You're the light that is what? On top. If you're down here and you feel defeated and you don't understand your identity, you're never going to influence anybody. But if you understand the place and the position that God has put you in, all of a sudden, the Lord says, rise up, rise up, rise up. And you know what happens to that light? Now it starts shining. And if all of us together would rise up, the lights would go on. Here you go. If all of us together would rise up and shine our light, in the sphere that we're supposed to, you know what's going to happen? Darkness needs to go. Because there's no room for darkness. The problem is that we haven't understood who we are. And since we don't understand that we're supposed to be the light of the world, and pay attention, look at this. We're not called to be reflectors. We're called to be light. What do you mean by that, pastor? Pay attention. Whoever touches Jesus becomes like Jesus. 
I'm going to say it again. Whoever touches Jesus becomes like Jesus. The moon, is it a light or is it a reflection? It's a reflection. God is not calling us to be moon. God is calling us to be sun. We have his reflection coming out through us. Pay attention. Jesus says that he's the waters of life. And whoever drinks from this water, out of their belly will flow rivers of life. You become like him. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. And you come to Jesus and Jesus says, you are the light of the world. You become like him when you understand who you are. You become like Jesus. So today, as I bring this to a close, I am the light of the world. Do you see this little city up there shining and everything is darkness? And you know what people say? I want to be part of that. I want to belong in that city. I want to go where the light is. Listen, you don't need to belong in order to get there. You get there, and once you get there, then you start becoming light. Why am I telling you this? Look over here. Look over here. Look over here. You guys at home, look over here. Because the church wants to change people in order to be accepted for them to be used by God. God says, come to me and I will change you. Listen. How many, this is crazy what I'm going to tell you. I've said it one time and <laughs> how many of the disciples were saved when they were doing ministry? None. And they were casting out devils, raising the dead, healing the sick. How many were saved? None. How do you know none were saved? Because Jesus hadn't died yet. He hadn't paid for their sins yet. There was no redemption. So why did Jesus get them involved in ministry even though they weren't saved? And we want everybody squeaky clean. Oh, this brother, this brother can't sin because if he wants to be part of this team, he can't sin. I'm not saying for you to go doing crazy things on Saturday night and come up here then and sing, all right? Because if you're out in South Beach singing on Saturday night and you come here on Sunday morning and sing, it's like, hey, bro. <laughs> We need to disciple you, you know, we need to walk. We need to do some stuff. But, listen, when you understand that you are the city on top of the hill, you know what people are going to say? I want to be like you. What do you have that I don't have? How do I get there? Why is everybody stressing out and you're at peace and you're calm? Why is everybody going crazy? And there's joy in your heart. How do I get that? You know what that looks like? It looks like light. And people will run to your light. So church, as we close the series today, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. This world that we live in, this city, I love Miami. But boy, if there's a city in this nation that needs light, you know what city it is? It's this city. You think you're here by coincidence? Or did God place you here to influence and be light in the darkness? I want you to close your eyes right there where you're at for a second.
I got to one third of my notes today, but that doesn't matter. I got to where he wanted us to go to. And today the Lord is speaking into your heart and he's telling you to rise up, to rise up. He's telling you to rise up. It's time to rise up. It's time to shake yourself off of all those things that are not letting you rise up. What are the things that are not letting you rise up? What are the things that are not, not letting you be light? Because the Lord says, arise for your light has come. It's your time. It's your moment. Don't wait for next Sunday. Don't wait till you're 18. Don't wait until you're 30 or 40. No, it's now. Use what God has given you to make a difference in this world. Right there where your eyes close, just ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, what are you telling me today? What are you speaking into my heart through this message today? And just for a few moments, let just as we sing up here, let the Holy Spirit bring this down to your heart. Let's go, guys. Jesus, you deserve the praise. Worthy is your name. Worthy is your name, Jesus. You deserve the praise. Worthy is your name. Worthy is your name, Jesus. You deserve the praise. Worthy is your name. Worthy is your name. Your glory fills His place. You alone deserve our praise. You're the name above all names. We exalted now in the heavens. As Your glory fills this place, You alone deserve our praise. You're the name above all names. We exalted now in the heavens. As Your glory Right there where you're at this morning. I know that the Holy Spirit is doing something powerful in each of your hearts. And I want to do something that I haven't done in a long time, but today I need to do this right now. There's a prompting of the Spirit. If today you're in this place and you know that the Holy Spirit has spoken to your heart and you know that you need to rise up, but you haven't been, because of different circumstances, different situations. But today, you tell the Lord, Lord, I'm going to shake it off. 
I'm going to shake it off and I'm going to start rising up and I'm going to be the light wherever I go. I'm going to be that light wherever I go. If that's you, stand up to your feet. If that's you, the Holy Spirit is speaking. I want you to stand up to your feet. I want you to do something more. I want you to come up here to the front. All those that stood to their feet, come up here to the front. There's nothing more special at the front than back there. <laughs> but this is a step of faith where you're telling the Lord, Lord, I'm going to take the steps. 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 I'm going to take the steps to get to where I need to go to be an influencer for your kingdom. I'm going to take the steps. Thank you, Jesus. Just raise your hands right there where you're at. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for all the men and women and young people that are up here right now. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for what you're doing in their lives. And Father, today I know that there's a shaking in the spirit that is taking place. Today is not any normal service that they came to, Lord God. Today is a day that you're calling them, Lord. You're calling them out. You're calling them to step out in faith, Lord God, to something greater that you've prepared for them. And maybe they've been down in the mud. Maybe they've been down on the ground. But today you're telling them, rise up. Today you tell them, rise up. Stand up. And take your place. Take your place. And let your light shine before men. That they will see your good deeds. And give praise to your Father which is in heaven. Today the Lord says, I'm raising you up. I'm lifting you up. I'm doing something inside of you. And there's some decisions that are going to come your way in these next few days. You're going to be standing in a valley of decision. And you're going to have to make a decision. Do you continue in the ways that you've been going or do you take a stand for me? It's not today. In the next few days, you're going to be faced with these type of decisions. And you're going to have a choice at that moment. And you're going to remember this moment that you're up here. And the Holy Spirit says, if you yield to me, I will give you the strength to move forward and make a great difference for me and my kingdom, says the Lord. I will give you the strength. It's not in you, but I will give it to you, says the Lord. For you have been called to be light and be my children and make a difference and make my name known in your family, in your workplace, in your school. You are my chosen instrument, says the Lord. Do not fear and do not limit me, says the Lord. Do not say, oh, I'm not good enough. I don't know how to speak. I'm not old enough. If I was older, if I was this, if I was that, the Lord says, stop it. For I am God. I have chosen you and I will equip you, says the Lord. Make the decision to stand up and shine and I will be with you, says the Lord. 
So Father, we give you glory today for what you're doing. We give you glory for what you're doing. And we give you glory for what you're about to do through the life of everyone that is up here, Lord. I bless them this morning. And Holy Spirit, I declare that they leave this place today empowered by you and ready to make a difference wherever they go. And I pray this in Jesus' mighty name. And church, we all say, Amen and Amen. Let's put our hands together for Jesus today. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Woo. Okay, guys, you can go back to your seats for just the next few moments. We're going to be wrapping up here real quick. There's anybody here this morning or watching through that camera that has never invited Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior. Let me tell you that that's the most important decision that you can make. And if you're here, you're listening to this message, you feel that something moved you to act. But let me tell you, it starts by first inviting him into your life and asking him to forgive you of all your sins. We've all sinned. And he has ample grace, ample forgiveness. Because the sacrifice that he made for us on the cross was more than enough to cover all of us. So if anybody here watching through that camera have never invited Jesus into their heart, and today you want to do it, right there where you're at, I just want you to repeat these words with me. Lord Jesus, I thank you for dying on a cross to pay for my sins. Today I ask you for forgiveness for all the sins that I've made. I ask you that you would fill me with your life and that you would allow me to live for your purpose. From this moment onward, Jesus, I invite you into my life and I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Take me into the hands of my Heavenly Father and that he could accomplish his plan in my life. In your name I pray and we say amen. Thanks again for listening. If you liked what you've heard, subscribe to our channel and share it with others. Now, for more content from NUMA and to connect with us, visit our webpage at numachurchmiami.org. We love you and we hope to connect with you soon.